Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rovardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson, and the New York Giants offensive line is terrible. It has been four years, and the Giants have tried and tried to fix it to no avail. The offensive line, all these years later, all these first round, third round, fifth round picks later, it's still bad. So what can the Giants do in the upcoming offseason to finally fix it? Is it even possible at this point, or are we, as Giants fans, doomed to watching poor offensive line play? That's a question that I wake up in the morning with the shakes, and I ask myself. But going into this offseason, I do think that the New York Giants need to be careful in the way that they address the offensive line, and I know there's a lot of fans who want to see this team double down on Daniel Jones, go for an offensive line in the first round, but then there's a lot of other fans who would prefer to see this team address the offensive line through free agency, and so that's what we're going to be discussing in today's episode. How should the Giants plan to address this offensive line? Should they lean on the draft? Should they lean on free agency, or should it be a health, happy balance and a mix of both of those different avenues to improving this team? That's what we're going to discuss in today's episode, but before we dive into all that, make sure to like if you do enjoy this episode, subscribe to the channel if you are new, ring the bell so you don't miss an episode, and comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you listen on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, Alex, how are you doing today, my friend? And what are your initial thoughts on the debate between addressing the offensive line through the draft versus through free agency? Well, I'm doing pretty good. And, you know, as we are very accustomed to as Giants fans, the offensive line is an issue that may never go away. And it feels like that because every year we seem to make improvements. We seem to allocate draft capital, whatever it might be. And the results are always abysmal. The results are always very discouraging. The injuries, the inconsistencies. Is it coaching? I partially think so. Um, I mean, look at what other teams do. Like, guys step in and they have immediate results. And it's unfortunate because the Giants just, is, is it a lack of coaching? Is it a lack of talent? Is it a lack of luck? I think it's a combination of all three variables, to be honest with you. Um, but at the same time, like, you have to think about, okay, like, what can we do to really turn this thing around right now? And I think that the Giants have to go in the direction of a blend of free agency and a blend of draft capital because you know the mac the mock drafts are going to start coming out and people are going to start asking the questions why are we not drafting an offensive lineman high like why are we not drafting one in the first round of the second round and let me give you an, an, a kind of a blatant response to that at one point do you think that rookie offensive linemen are going to make this offensive line significantly better how often is it that a rookie offensive lineman enters the fold and significantly improves the position it is extremely rare especially when your coaching is slight, is kind of compromised um so the reason I say that is because I think there needs to be a healthy blend. We've invested first-round picks, second-round picks, mid-round picks, late-round picks. How many picks do we have to throw at this position, at this, at this positional group, before we realize that we need to actually spend some money there, right? We only have one player that's actually earning any substantial money, which is Andrew Thomas, on the offensive line. In my opinion, they need to go out into free agency and spend a little bit this offseason. You have Leonard Williams' $32 million cap hit coming off the books. You have Dory Jackson's $19 million cap 
Tappet coming off the books. Look, the truth is simple. Leonard Williams left this defense, and the defense didn't skip a beat. We'll still have a really great unit. And that was without Dexter Lawrence last week. We still played an exceptional game. I know the Patriots are god-awful, but, you know, the truth stands. Leonard Williams, while a great player, I think that we can survive without him. I think that we can replace him um, with a much cheaper alternative, take some of that money, and roll it over to the offensive line. Now, the free agents next year are definitely going to be a little bit thin. I do think that there are some players that I really want to take a look at. The two on my mind, of course, like one of them is going to be more expensive than the other, so I want to get your take on it, of course. The first one on my mind is Trent Williams, um, rather, um, Trent Brown of the New England Patriots, right tackle, 30 years old. This season has been playing left tackle, um, but he has a lot of experience on both sides. Having straight up an elite year with New England, he's going to get paid. Um, but if if, they're, if you're going to spend money, you might as well lock down both tackle spots and then figure out the interior, you know, have Evan Neal transition to right guard. If they don't want to go in the more expensive route, they want to kind of try to find a different solution, maybe a veteran, someone with more experience that's a little bit older that's going to be cheaper on a shorter-term deal. I could see them going in that direction to compete with Evan Neal outright. But one player that I have in my mind that I would love to bring back is Kevin Zeitler. Kevin Zeitler is a good player, and he was a great player for, uh, I mean, the Browns before, and then, of course, us, and then, you know, went on to um, the Baltimore Ravens, where he's been consistently solid. He's 33 years old. He's going to be cheaper. You know, he made $7.5 million this past season. He's not going to be making a lot of money, and he's a he's a good right guard. Like, he's a player that's going to be slightly above average for you for one or two seasons as you find that younger transition piece. He's like a bridge to a future player player that would be starting there um, conceivably. So I do believe that like investing a little bit of money in an in a instant plug starter like Kevin Zyler, who's been to New York, understands the market, knows what we're trying to accomplish here. I think that's a good investment because right now we don't have a right guard. Mark Lewinsky is gone. I don't think Ben Bredesen's the, the the situation, you know, there. I don't think that's a good fit for him. I think he's better at left guard. You know, what are your thoughts on the free agent pool here? There's not a lot of names. There's going to be some competition. But I know Trent Brown's more of like a he's going to be expensive, probably don't not going to go down that road. But Kevin Zeitler, I feel like, is a perfect fit for us. You know, what are your thoughts on that? I like the idea of Kevin Zeitler. I know we've discussed that before. I'm going to battle back a little bit at the idea of Trent Brown being some elite signing. I mean, the guy's 30 years old and he's only played in eight games this year. He's consistently injured throughout his career. I don't think he's going to be super expensive because he's not super dependable. When he's on the field, yeah, he's a great offensive lineman. I know he had that stint in uh, with the Las Vegas Raiders and he wasn't very good, which is why he left and went back to the New England Patriots. This is a player who feels very dependent on his environment and the Giants have a bad environment. And so I don't think that Trent Brown actually would be the most beneficial signing for the New York Giants, and I don't think he would be this elite plug-and-play right tackle for the team, again, considering his age and his injuries. Yeah, he'd plug and play, and he'd be a good offensive lineman. He'd be an upgrade over Evan Neal for sure. But would he be worth the money that the Giants would be spending to get him at 30 years old with all of this injury history and with this weird stint with the Raiders that didn't really work out? I'm not totally sure about Trent Brown. I have my serious reservations uh, with him. In, in fact, I would actually look towards the lower end of this offensive line free agency market and target a guy more like Jonah Williams. That's a player that I think makes a lot of sense. He's a player who has played left tackle and right tackle, had a little bit of a dispute with the Cincinnati Bengals, wanted to leave for an opportunity to play left tackle, ended up sticking it out, and is now turning into one of the better young right tackles in the NFL. His uh, rookie contract is expiring after the season. He's 26 years old. Yeah, he's also had some struggles with injuries in the past, but those seem to be in the distant past. Jonah Williams is a player that I think would actually really help improve this offensive line, especially if he can continue to improve since he is only 26 years old. This could be a more long-term sign 
signing, not a stopgap like a Trent Brown. Jonah Williams, 26, sign him for four years, three years. You have him until he's about 30, and I think that could be a really good solution for this offensive line. There are some other players, some other veterans. Josh Jones has played a lot of guard. He was a right tackle coming out of college. Now he's playing guard for the Houston Texans. He's played tackle before. I think with the Arizona Cardinals, he was playing tackle. That's another player that the Giants could look into, especially if they're considering looking to address the interior of the offensive line. Instead, Josh Jones has actually been a very solid left guard for the Texans this season, although I do think he has struggled with some injuries or filled in for players with injuries. I know he hasn't played the full season, but it is a thin class of free agents on the offensive line at the tackle position in particular. So when you look at Kevin Zeitler being there, would he be interested in returning to the New York Giants is the main question. I don't think he wanted to leave when he was forced to leave via trade. And I think that Kevin Zeitler is a player who was a little bit underappreciated during his time with the New York Giants. So I'm curious to know if he actually would be interested in returning to this team. Again, I don't think that the fan base necessarily treated him as the great player that he was and the team definitely didn't because they moved on from him way too soon um, and at a ridiculously little price in my opinion so I think that Kevin Zeitler would be a great player to bring back but then you're relying on Evan Neal either panning out at right tackle or you're relying on finding a different right tackle elsewhere so do you really want to double dip in this free agency class do you want to sign a guard and a tackle probably not you probably only want to do one or the other and hope that somebody else on your offensive line pans out at one of those other positions or address it via the draft now I think that one thing to keep in mind here for New York Giants fans for fans of all teams really offensive linemen drafted into the NFL take a while to develop you have to be patient with these guys. In fact, one of the guys I just mentioned, Jonah Williams, is actually a perfect example of that. He wasn't good as a rookie. He really struggled. Injuries, poor performances on the field. Everybody wrote him off as a bust. It took him forever, but now he's developed into a very good starting offensive tackle. This is not just a thing with the New York Giants, where our offensive linemen suck in the first season of their career, the second season of their career. This happens all across the league. Sometimes it takes a player having a change of scenery, like Josh Jones, who I mentioned, like Trent Brown, who I mentioned. Um, and other times it's really just about giving them enough time to grow because the best way that you get better at football is by playing football so I'm not writing off guys like Marcus McKethan and Josh Azidu I still think Josh Azidu has the potential to be a very solid starter on the Giants offensive line I just think he was thrown into a crappy situation this season forced to play left tackle that's not his job forced to play left guard right guard moving all over the place with bad players playing alongside him Josh Azito is a good football player and there's a lot of potential there and the Giants need to be patient with him and not just replace him and I feel like that's something that they do rather frequently at a lot of positions they get a little bit um impatient wait not long enough for a player to develop and then draft a replacement or sign a replacement. And I don't think that's a good strategy. I think that the Giants need to commit to this rebuild, give these guys time to grow and actually let them develop into starting level players and not throw them in there too soon either, like they did with Josh Azu, to throwing him in, throwing him into such a challenging situation earlier this season was a really bad idea and probably did stunt his growth and his development. So what I will say is I think that the Giants should address one of these positions on through free agency because I think that they need a veteran leader here, not somebody who needs to develop. That's kind of harkens back to your main point at the beginning there, Alex. Drafting an offensive tackle does not equate to better offensive tackle play in year one. It might in year three. Again, maybe Evan Neal comes back next season and is a good player. That's actually possible because we've seen that before with offensive linemen. Bad in year one, bad in year two, better in year three. That's possible for Evan Neal. It's possible for any offensive lineman. But what I will say is draft 
drafting another offensive lineman, throwing him into the starting lineup, it's pretty much the definition of insanity, right? You're doing the same thing over and over. You can't expect different results here. Rookie offensive tackles seldom step into the NFL as quality starters. Think about what you're asking a 22-year-old kid to do there, right? Just step in and be an upgrade over some 30-year-old and go up against 30-year-old NFL players who've been in the league for a decade and know how to beat down rookie offensive linemen. It's very rare that you find a rookie who finds success immediately. So if the Giants want to improve their offensive line in 2024, they need to sign a veteran. It's not about whether or not they want to. They need to sign a veteran or trade for a veteran piece to immediately upgrade their offensive line then you take some other players and develop at other positions so I think that right tackle is a position they need to to address through free agency with at least an average starter then you hope Evan Neal develops at one of those other positions or develops and takes over the right tackle spot eventually there's many different opportunities for him or you could even trade Evan Neal at this point. I'm sure that there would be somebody who kind of views his Alabama days as potential and would take a chance on him. So uh, kind of similar to Josh Jones from uh, the Houston Texans right now. They traded for him from Arizona because they saw potential on his college film. So there's a lot of different scenarios here, Alex, but I will say I agree with you. You know, Kevin Zeitler would be a t- top target, but that leaves the team really thin at offensive tackle. Um, How are you feeling about what I said there with letting these players develop, though? Because I know that the development has been mightily slow for Evan Neal, and he might not ever develop. I've honestly lost my confidence in in him, and I don't think that he will develop. But I'm not going to completely rule out and say that it's not possible. But really looking at some of those other players like Josh Azidu, I feel like they stunted his growth, killed his confidence with the way that they threw him into the, the Wolves this season. But how do you feel about being patient with some of these offensive line prospects and how You know, you have to be patient with them, and that's why ultimately the Giants shouldn't rely on a rookie to plug in as a starter next season. I mean, look, that's exactly right. The the truth is this. If you go and you draft a rookie as an instant starter, you're setting yourself up for failure next year. And for what it's worth, Joe Shane and Brian Dable cannot afford to fail next year. They need to win games next year. Otherwise, they're going to be fired. You think they're going to tie themselves to a rookie offensive lineman who's supposed to save the day again? They already saw what happened with Evan Neal. You know, JMS has struggled this year. I think he's going to be totally fine and a good player for us, but he's definitely had his rookie hiccups. Um, I I don't think that's a good strategy for them at all. I really like the idea of Jonah Williams. He's he's a fine player. Like, he's a, a decent enough run, uh, you know, pass blocker. He's a good run blocker to a degree. I think this is a guy that steps in immediately and provides you at least average level play. And I think that's what the Giants are looking for right now. At least average level offensive line play. Uh, an average offensive line, think about what that could do for us. Going from the worst in the league to average would be like night and day. Would be like having a functional offense to having an absolute piece of garbage offense that can't move the football downfield. Um, so when you're looking at, you know, what the Giants can do Williams may not be like an overly expensive thing his price may get driven up because of the lack of talent on the free agent market but he's a true and tried right tackle right um at least this past season he's traditionally a left tackle made the transition with Cincinnati um but he's been fine like he's been good and and you know I'll I'll kind of buy into this more Anthony the fact that this is his first season playing right tackle suggests that he may have a better year next year because now he has experience at the position. So um, I feel as though that is a really good call out. There's a, a good name to consider here. He's going to be cheaper than Trent Brown, most likely. Um, you know, obviously being a right tackle compared to left, it's possible another team would want to tra- make him transition back to left tackle um, if they do need that position. But, you know, I do think that him being a right tackle this year definitely suggests the Giants should be interested. I think Kevin Zeitler is there to be had. For an, I would even do like a two year. 
like $12 million deal. Give him $6 million per year. You have your starting right tack, right guard for two seasons while you find a player that you can develop. You know, whether it's Josh Azudu, whether it's uh, Marcus McKethan, whether you draft somebody in the mid-rounds, whether it's Ben Bredesen being a depth piece that can work his way in, whether it's keeping Justin Pugh and having him compete. Like, you can you can do things here. Like, there's, there's opportunity for the Giants to find um, true and tried players, but... Kevin Zeitler is a proven commodity. He is a guy that every single year plays very solid football. And, like, that's not going to stop because he changed the team for the fourth time. You know what I mean? He's just coming back to where he's to a team he previously played at. He knows the weather. He knows the fan base. He knows the market. He is a leader. You know, he is. I, I remember his wife was awesome on social media. She always responded to fans. Like, really good family. Like, that's the type of guy that you want in the building. That's the type of guy, veteran experience with leadership, brings it to those younger players. The guys that you're mentioning about developing them, he plays right into that factor. And for what it's worth, if you're going to ride with Evan Neal at right tackle, you're going to need a damn good right guard to support him. Because he cannot survive with Mark Lewinsky. He can't survive with Ben Bredesen. And he certainly can't survive with Marcus McKethan alongside him. You need a good right guard to play alongside a questionable right tackle if you're going to go in that direction. But if you go out and you sign Jonah Williams and you sign Kevin Zeitler and you let Evan Neal develop, you change his position, um, let him work in a guard, be that like first reserve. I think that's a fine scenario. Is he going to be happy? Probably not. Maybe you end up trading Evan Neal to somebody that still sees the value there, that thinks they can turn him around. Uh, maybe there's an opportunity there where you just turn that position over entirely because he gets stuck behind, you know, players that are simply better than him. Um, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Giants try to do something creative here to, to solve this position. But the truth is simple. Like, even if you run it back with Daniel Jones and you don't have a good offensive line, you're screwed. If you go and draft a quarterback and you don't have an offensive line, you're going to stump their growth again. So one thing is for sure, the Giants are going to take the $50 million in salary space and they're going to use some of that to improve a, a unit that's really bad. I mean, think about what other positions we have to spend on. We need a CB2. We need probably another receiver, which you could draft in the second round. You know, you're going to be doing a lot of breakdowns on the receiver class this year. And there are guys that are round one quality that are going to be available in round two. Like, there's some really good players there. And then you obviously need to see about uh, the free safety position with Xavier McKinney. So if you spend, let's say, $12 million on Xavier McKinney per season, you spend, I don't know, $10 million on a CB2, and then... You have, you know, you allocate $30 million toward rebolstering the offensive line. Maybe you go out and get another pass rusher. Like, you know, you can get it done, and then you can push some of that money beyond 2024 because you'll theoretically have a rookie contract at the quarterback position, and Daniel Jones will be gone if you take the out in his deal. So you have money for the future as well. Like, the, the Giants have funds. They have, you know, plenty of salary space to get to work through this situation. But one thing is for sure, if Joe Shane doesn't figure out this offensive line, we're going to be right back where we started this year. And I think a good blend of drafting and, you know, free agent, you know, financial allocations is probably in our best interest. But I, I think that right now I'm leaning towards quarterback in round one and receiver in round two and then go offensive lineman. Well, we have two round, two second round picks. So, like, you could utilize those, you know, given you don't trade up for a quarterback. You can get an offensive lineman and a receiver in the second round. Like, that's totally in the realm of possibility. And then you get yourself maybe um, a pass rusher in the third round, see somebody with some upside there, uh, maybe someone that drops and, you know, ha has a little bit of potential. So, you know, there, there's ways to solve this, but I do believe that those two second-round picks, that Seattle pick is going to end up becoming very, very valuable for us. And I'm I'm really curious to see how the Giants go about that. But, um, you know, preferably, where would you allocate some of these resources in the draft specifically towards the offensive line? 
Yeah, I mean, it really depends on how the board falls. I think it's really difficult to look at mock drafts or kind of do a mock draft at this point in the season because you have a lot of senior bowls, shrine games, bowl games. There's so much coming up here um, that are really going to separate some of these different prospects at different positions. Uh, And then you got the scouting combine. You might have a guy who you think is a first-round wide receiver, shows up at the scouting combine, 20 pounds overweight, and now he's a fifth-round receiver. So it's really difficult to make these projections so early and so far out from these drafts. But how would I address these positions? I mean, again, it depends on how the board falls, but I would lean quarterback in round one. As you all know, I am kind of ready to move on from Daniel Jones, find that next home run hitter from the quarterback position, hopefully secure that generational franchise guy. That's what I'm hoping for in round one. Round two, I think it's good to give him support, whether you're talking about offensive line or you're talking about a receiver, something dynamic there. But again, when I'm talking about giving him support, what if the Giants end up trading that other second round pick, that Seattle second round pick for a guy like T. Higgins? You know, you, you just don't know yet how to allocate these resources because you don't even know what resources you have. One of the things that we mentioned, Alex, that was so great about having that additional second round pick is they could trade it for another star player established in the NFL, like a wide receiver, like an Ayuk or a Higgins, or they could use it to trade up and land the quarterback that they want with the first or second overall pick. So it's really tough to determine how I would like to allocate these resources. One thing that we know based on projection, the Giants are expected to have, I think, four picks inside the top 75. If they use all four of those picks, I would like to see quarterback with at least one of them or with one of them. Uh, I would like to see receiver with one of them, and I would definitely like to see offensive line uh, addressed with one of them. And it doesn't have to be a second round or a first round offensive lineman. I don't need that blue chip. I'm cool with the Giants stop gapping it with Kevin Zeitler at right guard and then drafting a second or third round prospect at right guard and developing him behind Zeitler for the next two seasons and then expecting him to take over as the starter in like 2026. That's fine with me. These draft picks are not meant to contribute immediately and that's something that Giants fans really need to start understanding. We haven't been able to witness that because in recent years the Giants have been such a bad team that these young guys have to be on the field and that's kind of almost ruined our perception of what is a draft pick like what is a prospect and it's a prospect it's not a ready-made player who's here to compete from day one I would like the Giants to actually build this team where you draft at a position that's not a position of need because you know it will be in two years and you develop this player so that when it becomes a position of need you already have that replacement that player to step in and make an impact that's what I'm hoping for here so hopefully the Giants just they set themselves up really well in the draft through free agency. So go ahead, bolster the offensive line in free agency, then address those positions again through the draft so that you don't only have a short-term solution, but you also have a long-term solution. So I think that more more broadly answers your question. I don't really know which position I would address with which pick, but I know how I would set things up so I can address those positions in the best long-term manner. And again, that is done through free agency. How you set yourself up through free agency determines how you draft and what you draft. So that's the way that I would kind of look at it. That's my perspective on what the Giants should do with those draft picks. But again, 
I do want to reemphasize there's a chance that they don't pick with all four of those picks that they have in the top 75. You know, last year we had a bunch of picks in the top 100. One of them got traded for Darren Waller. And I think that it's very, very possible that Joe Shane goes to the NFL scouting combine. Once again, here's whispers, maybe from the Bengals GM or the Chiefs GM, you know, whoever it is. And here's, oh, this guy might be available for trade. I need to see what the price tag is because we have some extra picks that could help us not only long term, but right now, you know, trading for a guy like a T Higgins is just the example I'm going to keep throwing out there because it could be anybody. But if it were a guy like a T Higgins, that gives you the WR1 that you need on this team combined with a Jalen Hyatt and a Wandale Robinson. That's your trio for the next 10 years. You know, it really could be. So it's it's something that, you know, Joe Shane's going to keep in the back of his head and Giants fans need to keep in the back of their head as well, that there is going to be um, a lot of movement with these draft picks as well most likely especially if they decide we want Drake May and they try to trade up to the number two overall selection then you're talking about giving up probably both of those second round picks and maybe even a future first so it'll be interesting to see what happens of course we're going to keep discussing all the different scenarios possibilities what's happening throughout the rest of this regular season got this Monday night game coming up next Monday Giants on bye week right now it'll be crucial to see who's healthy coming out of this bye that's really the main storyline that I'm going to be keeping an eye on after this upcoming Sunday slate of games, Alex. I want to see who's going to be the starting quarterback. Is it going to be Tyrod? Is it going to be Tommy DeVito? And will Darren Waller come back? In fact, I think that's something that we might want to talk about in a future episode because Darren Waller needs to come back and needs to perform well before the Giants decide to move on from him in this upcoming offseason. That's definitely an underrated storyline that not enough people are talking about and we should discuss in a future episode. But of course, we will and we will do all those things and discuss all of this stuff about the Giants right here on Fireside Giants. So, make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, we'll catch you all in the next one. Have a good one and let's go Giants.